tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Podcast. I decided to do a quick emergency podcast with a wonderful researcher, Addy Ads, on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. He he he's boots on the ground there, and we just had a great conversation about all aspects of this trial going on. And I just I just really wanted to do it. Everyone's been begging me to do an episode on it, so I did it with you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy some quick announcements, real quick. Uh, some shows have been posted. Some great shows are coming up. One, I'm going to be in Tampa Bay, December 10th. One show, 10 p.m. Get there, grab the tickets. Hopefully we'll sell enough tickets that I'll be able to come back and bring tinfoil hats. So please go to tinfoil, uh, samtriply.com for those. A couple new dates in the new year have been added. Uh, December, I mean, excuse me, January 20th through the 22nd. I'm in Buffalo at Helium's. Grab those tickets myself, Howie Dewey. And then on the 28th of January, it is Tinfoil Hat live in the LBC. Eddie Bravo, myself, Xavier Guerrero, who knows who else joins us, but it is going to be a killer uh, two killer shows. First show is stand-up comedy, Tim Full Hat Comedy Night. And the second one is the Swarm Tank. Ask your favorite uh, conspiracy theorists about your favorite conspiracies. Come pitch us your ideas. We'd love to hear them. And uh, you can get tickets all that at samtriply.com. A lot of you will ask if you buy both tickets, will you get a discount? I already gave you the discount on the second show. I lowered the price. So, uh, because, uh, you know, Eventbrite is just weird. So definitely do that. And, uh, yeah. And then check out rockfin.com for all the premium content. Go to Sam Tripoli for all my dates, samtriply.com for all my dates and go to samtriply.com for all of my other free podcasts, whatever you want to learn about, talk about sports. I want to hear about sports, investing, spirituality, me, Locking the loading on Brian Callum, one of my favorite human beings on the planet. All of that's there um, just for free. Just click the banner. takes you right to it. And, uh, guys, uh, I have uh, some other big announcements coming. I'm going to make it on, on Monday. But uh, a lot of great things are coming. You're a big part of it. I love you all very much. Losing my Instagram is really, like, kind of made me a little sad. So, but. It is what it is. I just want to be able to connect with you guys so you know what I'm up to so you guys can be a part of it. I love you all so much. Thank you so much. Please enjoy this show. It's uh, it's uh, the emergency episode on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial uh, with Addy Ads. Enjoy the show. All right, guys. Thank you and welcome to a, a special emergency edition of tin foil hat uh i decided that you know i, I you know when World happened i just couldn't 
because we booked the guests out so long in, in advance, it's hard for me to just do a, a show. So I'm like, okay, the opportunity came and it went. Uh, but I feel like the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, interview uh, trial is like super important, need to be discussed, and everyone keeps asking for it. So I felt like this is one of those events where I kind of got to do it on the fly and make it happen and give you a bonus episode this week. So here we are. And I'm very honored to have this guy on. He is, uh, he's, uh, he's boots on the ground outside uh, of the trial. He, he might be in the trial. I think he might be actually made it in. We're going to find all that out. He's an author. He's an independent uh, investor. Please welcome Addy Ads. How are you, brother? Thank you. Thank you, Sam Tripoli. I really appreciate you, you having, uh, having me on, you know, I've been aware of your work for quite some time now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it, sir. Well, you're doing the Lord's work and I appreciate you coming, spending a little time with me here and uh, sorry, we started a little late, but I'm honored that you chill with me for those, um, that aren't quite familiar with you and your work. Can you tell us a little, tell the, the listeners to swarm a little bit about yourself? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I started out uh, doing author interviews and, and podcasts about uh, two years ago now, a little over two years ago, and uh, I've been on uh, uh, quite a few different channels. Although I, you know, I've been uh, pretty heavily censored, especially on YouTube, and that kind of morphed my my interviews kind of morphed into uh, you know I saw it as a huge bull market for geopolitical coverage, especially you know in the wake of of twenty twenty and the Corona panic. Obviously that was a huge influx, you know, you had, you know, pretty much the, the whole world, it seemed on the internet, you know, locked up in, in our houses there in, in March. And, and so that morphed into kind of me becoming a, uh, a journalist, uh, more so than just an interviewer. And uh, as a result of my interviews and, and such, I, I put it into a book, uh, Public Intelligence, The Rise of Synergistic Truth, which I kind of see as a framework for truth and a lens to view this new media sphere we're in, where uh, guys like yourself and me and, and other people are, are really giving the, the mainstream a, a big run for your their money, which is why I think we're seeing so much of this, this censorship. Uh, but I've worked with, uh, I think, people that, that uh, your audience probably would know. Uh, I've been on uh, uh, Kirsten W. show, uh, Ann Vandersteel have interviewed. Uh, I worked with George Webb uh, for quite a while uh, earlier this year and, and going back last year and uh, neighborhood news uh, over there. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, a lot of great interviews. I think I just haven't had the the platform uh, really. Uh, the censorship really is, has knocked me back on that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I did a book, uh, interviews, and then uh, the interviews kind of morphed into giving me confidence to do my own independent broadcasts, uh, you know, kind of standing on my own two feet. And uh, I recently have been getting into writing shorter pieces, uh, which I'm not quite as, as comfortable with, to be honest, uh, uh, as writing uh, my book, uh, b- believe it or not. But I, I think my first kind of breakthrough, quote unquote, was the first week of this year, actually. Uh, I was doing uh, pretty extensive coverage on the uh, election in Atlanta and Fulton County going back to last year. And I was actually the one who broke the Harrison deal story where uh, you had this uh, young aide to Kelly Loeffler who was dating the daughter of governor Kemp. And he died in a pretty weird uh, car crash. They're Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You saw that. And uh, it's kind of funny because uh, uh, I posted the video and in two days it got like 29,000 views. And then uh, like a day or two later, 
that that channel got terminated. That was on the neighborhood news channel at the time. And George put a video out actually uh, about uh, ballot trafficking over the Peace Bridge with Pascal Ferrier. I think she was French or Canadian uh, from Quebec, maybe. And I did a follow up there uh, in, in Buffalo. Got got some water thrown at me by some BLM people or Antifa people up there. So that was that was fun. Uh, but the the breakthrough came because I did this armed ballot trafficking story in Atlanta that uh, got picked up uh, by the Gateway Pundit because Patrick Byrne tweeted it out and he uh, lost his uh, his Twitter shortly after that. I think it was the same week. And then my YouTube channel as well. It all happened this first week of, uh, of 2021. And then the six obviously happened as well. And so it was really a lot of crazy stuff uh, going on there. So yeah, I was doing pretty extensive coverage of the, uh, the Atlantis story. And, you know, followed up on the Harrison Deal story with the death of uh, William O'Sullivan, who was the GBI agent uh, investigating that. And he uh, died at home. They still haven't released a cause of death uh, or or autopsy or anything uh, like that. And uh, so that kind of shot me up for a bit. But the rest of this year, uh, Sam, it's been I really haven't seen a whole lot of growth at all uh, because of this censorship, I I think. Oh, yeah, Uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, I totally uh, get what you're going through, mm-hmm. and because uh, I'm dealing with it right now, I just got shut down on Instagram uh, for my second time. I was playing nice; I wasn't doing too much about the um, about the uh, uh, vaccines and all that. I like, okay, that's going to piss them off. I'm not going to do that. But I started dropping, you know, dank memes about Ghislaine Maxwell. And I was sharing some stories that were sent to me by other people. Uh, I wasn't posting my own. I was just posting other people's stuff that was sent to me. And I woke up yesterday. I I posted a a story just about a show I was doing in Tampa. And I went to eat. When I came back, my my Instagram went through some phases where it, it stopped and goes, you're disabled for 30 days. And that lasted for maybe a millisecond. And then it just got wiped off. And that is my wow. second uh, Instagram this year that's been taken down. One of 80,000, the other one uh, almost 70,000. Wow. And, and they're all gone. But I'd been shadow banned down to... Uh, you know, even on my uh, to a hundred likes when I was getting five hundred, five thousand, six thousand likes on posts, I was down to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And uh, even on my birthday posts, I just to see how shadow banned I was, I was putting out, I put out a birthday post, and like your birthday post, like everybody super duper like likes you. You know, if you're following you, you hit hey happy birthday or like I only got nine hundred. I'm like okay, that just proves that I've been shadow band right there. And what got really interesting for me is like, you know, I'm on my third Twitter now. I've had all these Twitters taken down. Oh, wow. uh, and now wow. I'm on my third one. And I always know if I get and it, this is kind of about when you talk about you got 27,000 views. I know if I get to a thousand likes on Twitter, my days are numbered. Uh, if a thousand yeah. people like my tweet, that me and I probably meet I probably believe I'm resonating with way more than that. That's just what they're letting me know. I have, Mm -hmm. uh, they get rid of me. I've reached too many people and they do it on Instagram too. I've caught them on Instagram. They were like, you're getting more, this, this post is getting more likes than any of the other ones. And it's like, it's doing better than 90% of your uh, posts. And I would have like 700 likes when just a week before I was getting posts that had like $5,000 likes. 5,000 likes. And it just like you catch them in this, this weird thing. So I understand what you're going through. It is very hard. 
it is very hard to get growth going. Here's my whole thing. As a man who does stand-up comedy and I kind of on on the politically incorrect, dirty adult comedy, I, the reason I bring this up is because for a very long time, there was no mechanism. For, there's no nothing in set for people like me to make money. If the industry didn't right, like right. you, you were done and you were frozen out and you had to go get a different job. But due to a bunch of people like Joe Rogan, uh, Doug Stanhope, David Tell, Bill Burr, uh, Legion of Skanks, and all these really wonderful, dark and dirty uh, comedians who have also created podcasts, uh, there has now been a structure put in place so that people like us can now make money. And the reason I bring that up is because I believe that's going to happen with alternative, what I'm going to call journalism. Uh, what's on CNN is alternative journalism. What you're <laughs> doing is real journalism and real journalism oh, thank you, Sam. will be able to find a place for to succeed and uh, make reach. And also, which I think shouldn't be an issue, is uh, to make a good living off your hard work. And I think that's very important that that people are rewarded for their hard work. And in my humble opinion, that structure is happening. Places like we just talked about Band TV, Rockfin, BitChute, uh, Odyssey. All these places are establishing wonderful places where all the outlaws from YouTube and journalism uh, can go because the ones that built up uh, all the systems, you know, it's like I say this all the time, like outlaws are always the ones who create an industry and the bean counters come and they <laughs> end up destroying it. You know, you look at it like what, MMA is a great example of it. Uh, oh, stand -up sure. Comedy sure. is a great example of it. Acting, movie, all like, you know, misfits and outlaws. And then when it starts to become profitable, the mm -hmm. the the bean counters come in and they yeah. change the game. Crypto too. You, I think you could apply that too now for sure. So yeah. and it's gonna happen. It's it's very it's it's just an interesting. But so my 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 point being is that you are you are on the right path. Great things are happening, and you know your your boots on the ground. You're right there, ground zero of all this stuff going on. And in my heart of hearts, I believe that the 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 real ones authenticity will uh, be the currency of the future and you will be rich in authenticity, brother. That's my, my belief. So the future is bright. You just got to kind of go through it to get to it, but uh, back to Thank what you, we were talking No, you. no problem, man. And I get it, man, because you know, I'm much older than you. And I, I was kind of in this place where I was doing a certain type of comedy and it wasn't loved at all by the industry. But now if you turn sure. around and you look around, it's all everybody's doing. And I was doing it since, you know, I was, yeah. I started comedy in 1994, you know, and that's oh, when I started. Okay. And, I think you're uh, older than I, uh, than I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a lot of people say that's nice. I'm, I'm, I'm fat though. My, my doctor told me I was fat. I go, Hey, I go, Tom, he goes, you're fat. I go, what? He goes, you're fat. I'm like, so then I would tell people that and nobody corrected him when I would tell like my friends, I'm like, yeah, my doctor said I'm fat and nobody went, Oh, you're not fat. They're like, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of fat. Um, so my, my point being, thank you for that compliment. But yeah, so I started early doing this kind of raw comedy. Now that's what a lot of people want, even though you're being told that political correctness. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Four Sigmatic, a company known for their innovative use of functional ingredients to enhance 
your performance, okay? Lately, I've been having Four Sigmatic Performance Coffee in the morning. It is infused with lion mane for focus and cordyceps for performance. And this stuff is legit, okay? Uh, I'm more productive, focused, and more energetic. And I can I feel like I'm on top of my game. I bring the hammer of the gods because of this coffee, okay? You can also use this as a pre-workout, okay? Before you're going to go to gym, before you're going to get on a hike, before you're going to drop the hammer to gods on your lady, okay? You <laughs> need endurance to hit harder, pound harder, make her love you more. Guess what? It's real simple for Sigmatic Performance Coffee. No jittery feeling, easier on the gut, just pure focus, okay? So you're probably wondering, does it taste like mushrooms? Nope. The flavor is rich and smooth. and It's the perfect cup of coffee with additional benefits, okay? They've got over 30,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot of five-star reviews. And best of all, Four Sigmatic Backs, their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Love it or it's free. So this is what we're going to do. Listen, guys, I've worked on exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic for you the Swarm, okay? This is it. For the Swarm listeners, save 20% on your first order on Four Sigmatic website. To claim this deal, just go to foursigmatic.com slash tinfoil and use the coupon code tinfoil at checkout. Again, that this code is only for the tinfoil hat listeners, aka the Swarm, so please don't share with anyone. You'll save 20% off whatever you want. So go right now to F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash tinfoil and use the code tinfoil to supercharge your performance. Enough about me. The point about you is that your boots on the ground, you're at the Gislaine Maxwell uh, trial. The first question I have you have to ask you is, is yeah. she on trial? Like the whole thing was, She's not. This isn't real. This is all pageantry. Yeah. It's all there to steal our our, our louche. It's a psyop. I saw your video. Uh, you explained you what you've seen and what what and your feelings on. So uh, I'm gonna give you the floor. Is Ghislaine Maxwell on trial right now? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sam. I think that's a great great question, and that was my, one of my concerns too. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, it's one of those binary issues people have with the whole conspiracy theory uh, trope, which you, you know, it gets thrown around. Uh, I guess it was a CIA-born term for to discredit the JFK assassination, if I if I remember correctly. But I had that concern too, Sam, and uh, I did see her face yesterday. And uh, uh, I was saying earlier, put a, a bit of a feather in my cap. I'm actually quite good with faces, with memory of faces. And she took it off and I, I went up to the screen right away uh, because they put you in these overflow courtrooms. Uh, and the only people who can get in are like uh, basically the, the big ones. And I heard that CNN is actually paying people to go at like 3 a.m. in the morning to wait and stand in line so they can physically get into the courtroom. But I saw her take her mask off to get a, a sip of water and I, I rushed up right away. And I looked and I looked really closely and I was like, yeah, that that's her, you know, that looks like her. And uh, the other thing too, is her sister's here. So why would her sister be here if it was, uh, if it wasn't her uh, and her, her friend, uh, Leah Safian, who's a, 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 an attorney from, from California. But yeah, that, that was my concern as well. And uh, it was, it was a debate, uh, you know, even amongst the, uh, uh, our media, our independent media, 
you know, it was, it was kind of split. Like people were like unsure which way or another, but yeah, as far as I can tell that, uh, that was, uh, was Glenn Maxwell and she is, she is on trial. And you know, the, the whole thing is like, is this going to be a real trial before we get into the trial itself? Why is the atmosphere around this trial there? Uh, is it insanity? Are there people everywhere? Is it as busy as you thought it would be? Or is it more busy? Is it more chaotic? Sure. Yeah. Monday definitely was the busiest day so far, which is the first day of the trial. You had uh, protesters outside with signs. Somebody set up a tent and they were like smoke. They're like literally smoking weed in a tent, like in front of the Southern District of New York courthouse. And, uh, you know, huge line of reporters going back. Uh, but uh, it's kind of uh, petered out a little bit as the week has gone on, which has been disappointing. And I've talked to people even on Monday, and they thought it was going to be uh, an even even larger uh, a turnout. Uh, but uh, regardless, you know, there's uh, Sky Australia's here, uh, Sky uh, Britain, uh, BBC. Uh, I was sitting next to the some uh, lady from Netflix today in, in the uh, in the courtroom. Uh, so there, there's still uh, mainstream coverage here. And uh, lots of independent people, too. I met a, a lady who does her own podcast. So th- those are the people I, I love talking to because, uh, you know, there's this uh, kind of edge of uh, superiority I've noticed that some of the mainstreamers have uh, when you talk to them. They just seem a lot less uh, willing or desirous uh, to, to converse with people. But I find the, the, the independent folks to be a lot more uh, talkative and conversational. So that's been actually a really enjoyable aspect of this, uh, Sam, is, uh, you know, talking to other people, meeting and, and kind of doing that networking and sharing sharing notes and stuff. But I, I hope it, you know, it doesn't continue to trend uh, to less and less people paying attention. I mean, it would make it easier to get in, uh, in the courthouse, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to stay here as long as I can. My only thing is, is trying to get lodging. Uh, so fortunately, I have someone putting me up right now, which, which has been really fantastic. Uh, but I'm not from New York. So, uh, you know, New York City is, for those that don't know, it's really expensive. The, yeah, for sure. The dollar menu at McDonald's is like the three $3 menu, <laughs> you know. Um, so if anyone's listening, they're in New York and you got a spare room you want, you want to put Eddie on there, that'd be great. It would help out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't guarantee. Listen, I do stand-up comedy all the time. The swarm show up. Uh, the bouncers are used to hecklers. And I always say, oh, they're just cuddlers. They're not hecklers. They're the nicest people. I don't worry about swarm stealing my merch or anything. So the point being is that they tend to be really good people. So if people do hitch up. You know, as far as I know, they're good people, but you know, you gotta, Oh yeah. I would have, I would expect them to be Sam. Yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's something, you know, I I can help out uh, too with, uh, you know, chores around the house too. That's something I always offer up, uh, in case people want to house me, uh, or, you know, or, or not, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I'm, you know, I've noticed with this work that I'm doing, I really have to play things by ear a lot. People will tell me, Oh, what are you going to do in next month or two weeks from now? And every time I try to tell them I'm always wrong. So, uh, you know, just kind of playing it by ear, but yeah, I'm trying to stick, stick, uh, this thing out, uh, all the way through because the the demand for the the coverage is just so great you know there's such a such a hunger for uh for people to get uh, good coverage of this and yeah, uh it is for sure so and uh you know you'll be I'll, i'm gonna put all your links in here so if people have any suggestions about helping out you can find the links wow. there Thank in you. the description click it and uh see if you can help eddie out what was before we get again before we get into the trial itself 
What yeah, is yeah. the feeling of the people around you? Is it, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God, this is happening. Oh, my, she's guilty. She's innocent. Uh, you're talking to some, even though Netflix is new, you're talking to some legacy media people. Is, is there like two kinds of people there? The one who thinks she's innocent and the ones who think she's guilty or what's the feeling on the ground? Yeah. Good question. Uh, I'm still feeling it out. Uh, because for example, today in the room I was in, there was probably 20 or so, uh, people in there listening and taking notes and stuff, uh, whether it was, you know, citizen observers, or there was a college student there for, for an assignment. I was like, wow, that's a, that's an amazing assignment for your, your first trial to, to, to attend. And this is actually my first trial I've ever covered as well. Uh, but it does seem to be a bit of a mixed bag, Sam, which I was surprised at, uh, the, you know, there's obviously some people that lean a little bit more conspiracy wise. And, uh, you know, some people I've noticed a bit more that like the, there's this guy from the New York times, uh, who, you know, he's, he's seemed like very much not into, into conspiracies whatsoever. Uh, but I'm still kind of feeling it out. And even myself, I'm not really sure how this is going to go, Sam. I don't know if she's going to be acquitted or if she's going to be, uh, convicted. It's, it's still hard, hard to tell, uh, but of the people I've asked, many of them uh, contend that, for example, the the pilot was, was basically captured or, or still loyal to, to Epstein and Maxwell based on, on his testimony. Uh, but the interest is there for sure. People walking by are like, what's going on here? Because they, they notice the, the hubbub. Uh, even today, I notice, uh, you know, people... And like, hey, what's going on uh, with this trial? And, and most of that, you know, asking, you tell them it's the Maxwell trial. They're like, oh, okay. And they, and they recognize that, uh, which was part of the issue too with finding jurors who didn't know much about this uh, situation at all. Uh, so I was, I was thinking, man, they must have went a, uh, looked under a yeah, rock for these people. Where are they people. finding these people? Yeah, right. right where are they? Right? I mean, Epstein was such a big moment. It's so crazy. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Talkspace. Guys, Talkspace, they're one of the leaders in this new form of therapy, guys. Mental health is super important, and a lot of people are like, kind of like, like scared to get involved with it, you know? And your mental health is very important. And meeting with a therapist to work on your mental health is just as helpful as meeting with a personal trainer to work out on your physical health, okay? And it has a positive impact on all your life and could be life-changing okay Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone tablet or computer okay unlike traditional therapies you you can message your therapist anytime text video voice it's 100 secure and stigma free the way that therapy should be okay i know i know i i get a little weirded out about it at first but man i'm telling you you know what's great about therapists is like you get to talk about you how many times you start talking yeah, to yeah, a therapist right. <laughs> and then whoever you're how many times you get to talk to a friend and then hey, it just becomes you're hearing their problems yeah. oh they're trying to up one up you yeah oh i got it even worse you're like i yeah. want to hear therapists are great because you just get to talk Talk, 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 and they have to listen. And you know they've heard far worse than what you're yeah. bringing to Right, them. right, right. Talk space, your privacy is secure, and it's their number one priority. Huh? The app puts you in a private room just with you and your therapist. Send messages 27, 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for weekly appointments, okay? Talkspace encrypted is encrypted and adds security features that keep your conversations fully 
protected. No more excuses, okay? Nothing. You can go do it. Get personal. Personal help isn't weird anymore. It's smart, okay? And here's what I want you to do. Join Talk Space today and start moving forward with a single message, okay? Join Talkspace. And this is all you got to do. Just join Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use the promo code TINFALL at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code TINFOIL. Get help, guys. So, you know, I'm just trying to take it A to Z on this. So, so you know, a lot yeah, of people... Yeah. There's a lot of feeling on the outside that this thing is already done. Like it, the, the, it's so stacked in her favor. There's going to be very little chance of, of her getting convicted of anything. I personally don't think that's the thing. I'm not saying that it isn't in her, her, the, the cards aren't stacked in her favor. I mm-hmm. think she gets something I don't think it's it's jail time, and maybe that's a little too negative. I don't know, but I I feel like something's gonna she's gonna get something. Sure. She's gonna get yeah. something because I feel like it wouldn't even get to this moment if if it was just gonna be like you're free and she could walk free amongst everything. So you know, I, I just want to kind of get your feel. So we have a judge. It's all come out. Uh, she's part of a secret society from Yale, which is the female version, female, I guess, version of um, Skull and Crossbones. She's uh, heavily involved in the DNC. J- John Kerry, uh, Joe Biden has uh, given her, uh, she's been appointed to a higher post, uh, right, either right. after trial or part of the trial. Uh, Comey's daughter is <laughs> yep. very much involved, you know, but based on some of what I've seen up from your account, and what is the name of your Twitter account so people can find it? Sure. It's a one Addy ads and one is spelled out. So it's O N E A D D Y A D D S. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. People want to give me a follow there. That's the, uh, the best spot to get the, um, real time updates. Uh, cause what I'm doing is, uh, and my, actually the footage I grabbed this morning just got picked up by Storyful. So that was fantastic, but, uh, I'll go and get the, uh, the antagonist, shall we say, uh, from some people's point of view that the, the d- defensive lawyers come in and, uh, then, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you'll see, uh, like for example, Teresa Helm walked in today with her, uh, with her lawyers, uh, Miss McCauley. And, uh, then I'll go around nine o'clock or so. Uh, up into the into the courthouse because the line there is uh you got to go through security and it's pretty pretty taxing and, and uh annoying to to wait in line for that so i try to stay productive and then wait until the line's really kind of uh almost as low as it can be right before uh right before the trial starts uh but i, th- I actually forgot what your what your question was the uh, question was um alan you know all these all these figures that mm-hmm that seem to be there to ensure Ghislaine Maxwell doesn't get the book thrown at her, uh, including, like, is Alan Dershowitz on the defense team? He is not. No, no, he's okay. not. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, yeah. Uh, I can tell you uh, who's on it if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, do go. Uh, and, and then discuss Comey's daughter, because I have my course. whole thing about her. I, I don't think she's necessarily uh, all bad or all good. 
I think she's a she's a little bit of everything. Sure, sure. Yeah, and uh yeah, I'll mention Comey uh here too. So the presiding judge is Allison Nathan, uh appointed to the federal bench by Obama in 2011 and uh, notably permitted prosecutors to use the word victim when discussing Maxwell's accusers. Uh, for example, a uh, victim Jane or witness Jane uh, has been cross-examined uh, this week and uh, allowing users, uh, excuse me, ac- accusers to testify pseudonymously. And uh, as you mentioned, allegedly a member of the secret society Quill and Dagger, kind of the, the women's equivalent to the uh, Skull and Bones Society. And, uh, this uh, psychologist or memory expert, Elizabeth Loftus, is going to uh, testify on behalf of the defense for Maxwell, and she is an expert in kind of false memories of sexual abuse. She's testified oh in defense. Oh my god, of, dude! Oh yeah, I, I mean, you would never. So these guess are hell mary passes defense, right? <laughs> like they seem to be hell mary passes. That in any other situation, it wouldn't. There's no chance. But here, where, well, I mean, based on what you tell me, it. It seems like the judge, which everyone's assured of, is not going to play ball, is going to play ball with the defense, has allowed things that seem to be in the prosecution's favor, right? Like referring to the witnesses as victims. Would I, am I wrong on that? I think you're right. Uh, I think that does, uh, that, that would, that was a boon, I think, for the, for the prosecution and for the government. And it does seem like you mentioned the promotion. It does seem they're kind of dangling a promotion in front of, of Nathan, depending on the result, maybe. And what would be that result that they're looking for, you know, to the point where it's like, OK, now you get the promotion because this trial went the way we wanted it to go. And that's uh, uh, the, I think it's a second circuit court, I want to say, right below the Supreme Court. So she would be kind of on the fast track to to maybe being on the, the Supreme Court one day. So that's it's quite a promotion to dangle and really. Really, really weird timing because this is the biggest case of of her career, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, this uh, psychology uh, expert or, or memory false memory expert, her CV is very interesting. She has testified in defense of Harvey Weinstein, Scooter Libby, Ollie North, Ted Bundy, uh, the police officers who beat up Rodney King, uh, the Robert Durst murder trial uh, she was a part of, and then the McMartin preschool child sex abuse basically case. the legion of doom right she's basically <laughs> <laughs> has been has been a character witness for the legion of doom is it, was she there for lex luther's trial <laughs> and, right i mean it just seems but i wonder is that is that something and this might not be your expertise this is just us kind of talking of course of course yeah. is that something that the 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 prosecution can bring up it's like You've also like been witnesses for literally the worst people out there. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, uh, again, this is my first trial, but y- you have to take uh, everything separately. So anything that, you know, she's done in the past uh, technically shouldn't be taken uh, into account uh, by the jury. So uh, that's uh, it, or even the uh, the trial itself, as far as I know. Uh, but again, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, so that's that's my contention uh, of the situation. And speaking of that, there's kind of a it, it made me think of Lisa Bloom, who is an attorney for, I think, eight victims of the Epstein network. And interestingly enough, she actually gave counsel to Harvey Weinstein in 2016. So in that sense, you kind of see Lisa Bloom being on both sides of the of the fence there. 
so, you know, I, I found that interesting, but I, I agree, Sam, it's hard not to take that <laughs> into account, especially given that uh, ridiculous list of names that she has uh, attempted to help. And, uh, you know, obviously in most of those cases uh, failed to do so because I'm pretty sure all of them got, got convicted. So, so what is your thoughts of Comey's daughter? Because, you know, she's involved with the Epstein case. The, she's she allowed the the footage of the murder night the right. murder yeah. night you know your stuff yeah yeah uh to disappear uh she is connected to Comey Comey's got a lot of darkness involved in his past a lot of stuff going on with that with the uh you know just so much involved I mean. You know, I mean, I don't know how deep in the conspiracies you get. Why did Comey reopen the investigation into Hillary Clinton? Did the NYPD who saw uh, stuff on Anthony Weiner's laptop that was so dark that they threatened to go to WikiLeaks with it? Did they did they force his hand at the last minute to to reopen the case, which see it was only like two or three weeks before the election, which seemed a lot of people to believe which also could be theater that it helped torpedo her election. Uh, what are your thoughts on Comey's daughter? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know as much about her as I do some of the other uh, characters uh, and players in here, uh, but you would think that her being a part of the 2016 uh failed prosecution of Epstein would be a conflict of interest, especially given the footage that was somehow lost. And as you mentioned, she was one of two attorneys who explained how this footage just disappeared from the the face of the earth. But as you mentioned, she is the daughter of uh, former FBI director Comey, uh, who was the former head U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, which she might actually have that same position one day as she's an assistant U.S. attorney for uh, the Southern District since 2014. Uh, and that's another thing you you would think that, you know, maybe it would have been a better idea for the government to choose a, a different uh, assistant, uh, 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 excuse me, a different uh, prosecutor. And the other one who was involved in that explanation of how the footage was gone uh, was this uh, Jason Swergold. But again, that was from the uh, the 2016 uh, uh, 2016 case. Uh, but Comey, I I, I want to look into her more. My, uh, you know, going into this trial, I didn't realize how uh, all consuming it's been. I've had to put pretty much everything else on the back burner as far as interviews and uh, my other uh, projects that I've been doing. Uh, but it's been uh, 100% worth it, uh, uh, no doubt. Uh, but I can go through some of these other players if you'd if you Yeah, if you'd please like. do. We got uh, Bobby Sternheim, uh, who is for the defense. She holds top secret SCI clearance, has a history of defending uh, organized crime record uh, criminals, public officials accused of corruption. Uh, she's a criminal justice act rep for SDNY and former president of the New York women's bar association in 92 and 93. So she has, uh, definitely a history of, uh, helping to defend, you know, uh, bad guys, shall we say. Uh, and then we got, uh, for the prosecution, Allison Moe, uh, who's a member of the Southern district, of New York's public corruption unit. And she was actually one of the prosecutors who, uh, pursued fraud charges against Steve Bannon, uh, in 2016, who obviously got pardoned by Trump uh, later on. And then Andrew Rohrbach who, uh, looks to me to be the youngest of the uh, the prosecution. And that's something I wanted to uh, 
but point out as well is there, there's quite an age and experience difference between the defense and uh, the prosecutors. And, you know, if there's anyone who has as deep a pockets as you can go in terms of affording lawyers, it's Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, so she has uh, some of the best of the best in, in terms of uh, this type of trial uh, going to bat for her. Uh, and it did seem at times that the uh, the prosecution was uh, a little bit um, kind of taken aback or maybe even in, intimidated uh, a bit. But uh, it's something that I, I think I want to look look more into as this this trial uh, develops, because they were pretty harsh in, in cross-examining Jane, who is uh, our first uh, victim witness uh, this week. She was actually kind of sobbing at the end of the uh, the questioning the other day. Uh, and their basic two main tactics are questioning the memory of the the victims. And then the other thing is the, kind of the gold digger angle that they're only doing this uh, for money. So that's why they have Loftus, the psychologist coming in to, to uh, kind of help with that memory uh, strategy. So, so that's another thing I, I wanted to get into. I really felt like based on the small bit of evidence that, uh, you know, the small bit of uh, testimony that I've been able to get from like, uh, from like Twitter accounts like yourself, I felt like the prosecution was really maybe going for it. In a, if if you think, I, I know they can. If let's say they want, they're there just to throw the fight. They can't just go in there and be like, "Well, shucks, oh, what am I gonna?" Ask? They have to put on a bit of theater for it. But I felt right. like the tone seemed to be. Like this, this Ghislaine Maxwell is shady as shit. And she's, she was involved in human sex trafficking. Did you get that sense at all? Like they're doing their job. Sure. Sure. That's a good question. I I'm still unclear on their, on their strategy, to be honest, Sam, it it seems a little bit disjointed to me. Uh, You know, the, the defense I think has a much bigger uphill battle as far as, uh, you know, defending Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, but again, the, the, the amount of time that has passed, uh, since these crimes does, definitely does not help the prosecution. Uh, but, uh, yeah, again, that's something I, I want to analyze further because it, it does seem like I, I've talked to other people too, and, and they don't seem to understand, uh, like myself, what exactly the, the prosecution's, uh, angles seem to be, uh, as far as the, the long-term six week, uh, you know, plan they, they may have. So we, you know, everybody's trying to uh, listen in to what is being asked and what is being said. Uh, There has been a really big push to include Donald Trump on these things, which I don't, you know, it's so interesting because like the left seems to be like, hey, look. They are saying Trump, like I tweeted this a while ago, like the left will be like, Pizzagate's not real, but Trump's 100% a part of it. Uh, (laughs) If you you put Trump on there as a way to be like, oh, Trump is there doing shady shit, that to me implies Ghislaine Maxwell even more. That you're implying that Trump was there doing shady shit, that implies that Ghislaine Maxwell was in fact, in my humble opinion, it means like more shady shit was going down. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting plot play. Did you notice that at all? And, and what was the feeling if you did notice that or did notice that? 
It was, yeah, no, I, I did. It was confusing a, a bit because it was actually the defense who brought up those big names uh, first, not the prosecution. Uh, bringing up, you know, names like uh, Trump and, and Clinton, uh, Kevin Spacey was mentioned, RFK Jr. I, I think was asked about, although the pilot never, uh, never saw RFK Jr., uh, which I was happy about because I, I actually, uh, I like. Yeah, him. we all love RFK yeah. Jr. Right? You're like, oh. yeah. you know, when I saw Joan Rivers was on that list of people been there. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, Joan Rivers too? Oh. Yeah, and it was ironic is I, I walked, uh, you know, right outside one of the overflow courtrooms I was in. It was a picture of John Roberts. And of course, there, uh, John Roberts was one of the names that was on the flight log for the Lolita Express, which actually Lynn Wood uh, tweeted about earlier this year, as, as you probably remember before uh, before Lynn Wood's Twitter account got uh, got terminated. For sure. So, so... Uh, this is the, the interesting thing. So the, the, the defense is trying to say the Clintons were there, but Trump was there too. I don't know how that helps their defense. That you're saying the, the people yeah. who thought people were the scumbags that people thought were scumbags were there <laughs> doing scumbag stuff. And you're 100, you're literally saying to me, she's saying there is a Lolita express. Like that seems to me, but I, again, I'm not in there. And getting the vibe does is right. that a sense in the room? It seems like the play was that if we bring up these names first, you will see that our client Miss Maxwell is in the company of well-respected public figures and officials and such, and therefore that uh, discredits the allegations uh, against her. That that seems to be the play, but uh, again, it was it was a little bit confusing why they would uh, why would they would bring that up, especially given the. Uh, kind of court of public opinions uh interest in the uh the big names that that were uh on the flight logs and i i don't know who would go i think very few people would be like trump and the clintons are extinct uh distinguished guests right i mean they they seem to have uh, uh and the clintons more than trump trump has at least one side of the political spectrum that seems to really like them, even though they seem to be waking up more and more kind of like in a more rapid pace, you know, compared to what, how long it took for people to understand how bad the Clintons were. Like they're like, people are starting to see in real time. Oh, Fauci warp drive, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, uh, you know, basically making it illegal on college campuses to talk about, uh, BDS and um, I think What's people are BDS? waking up to that uh, boycott, divest, um, sanction of Israel. That that group and the reason that they he made it illegal to do to do hold those protests on campuses. Be, wow! And, and the whole reason that is is because the the uh, you know colleges when they're after they pay off all their bills. They have money left over. Where's that money go to? Well, they the a trust, the board of trustees has a trust, and that trust invests in hedge funds. And those hedge funds tend to be the uh, military industrial complex. And a lot of them do business with Israel. So if you have these colleges saying they won't do business with Israel, that affects the bottom line. That is ultimately why college athletes can make money off their likenesses and not mm-hmm. have to be paid by the college. And that's all coming about about Trump and all these uh, rhinos, uh, Republicans in name only, uh, is all starting to come out right now. But I, I just find that to be a really bad ploy 
to associate with people who are associated with, you know, very uh, dark sexual past, in, in, in particular the Clintons. I mean, I don't know any, yeah. that brand seems to be so completely bad. And, and you bring up the flight logs. What are your thoughts on these flight logs? You're seeing more and more flight logs come out. Uh, I've seen the flight logs on themselves. It seems to be initials, and then people are associating names of those initials. What are your thoughts on these flight logs? Yeah, the flight logs were, uh, you know, a huge, I think, piece in uh, really drawing in the the public's attention into this because of of uh, those names. Not to mention the pictures. You know, you saw the picture. I'm sure of uh, it was like Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker and Bill Clinton all went uh, on a trip to Africa. I believe that was with actually Virginia Roberts, and uh, yeah. You know, there's not a whole lot of uh, a verification as far as the the Roberts name, uh, but you know, a, a lot of that was redacted. But it, it brings up like Dershowitz. Uh, he said something like, uh, I, "I kept my underwear on during the massage," and he only travels with his wife. But then on the flight logs, you see that there's a, a lady named Tatiana. Uh, that he's traveling with and his wife's name is definitely not Tatiana, <laughs> you know? So uh, Dershowitz is, uh, he, he's definitely a, an interesting character in, in this situation. I was, I was surprised to see him show up on the Netflix documentary uh, defending himself. You know, I was like, it might've been a better move not, not to even do that, but he, he seems to be wanting to go down with the ship, no matter. Ego no is not your amigo brother. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a good, that's a good saying. I like that. You know, and you know, we see names on there, uh, you know, and you just don't know what are real names, what is not real names. Some idiot fucking took uh this one Twitter account that listed all the big names on there and uh photoshopped my co-host and my name onto it. And then some people are like, Triple A's oh, on the flight logs. I go, Xavier Guerrero XG isn't even a real name. It's a name I gave him. Why would he sign in, hunt back in? Like he's only 28 years old. He wouldn't even, if he's on that flight, he's getting molested. He's not a molester, right? right? He's so like young. It's just ridiculous. So I don't know what are real and what's not real. Yeah. Uh, and I want to help dispel a, a little bit of the, uh, the, the clouded kind of myths around this trial. Cause there was a case going around. It was Latham versus like, I think it was the 1954 trust, uh, something like that, yes, but it yes, had a yes, list yes, of yes. all these names like Jay-Z and little yes. Wayne and Beyonce. And, uh, people think that is part of this case, but it's not related at all. It's a different judge, different case. And it was actually thrown out as being frivolous and without merit by the judge. Uh, so that only clouded, uh, the understanding of this trial, uh, as well as the fact that Tim Kennedy and his name is Adam. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's got a big Twitter account, Adam something, but Adam uh, Curry. I, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, I, I can get that to you. But basically, both of these guys were, were tweeting that the media was barred from the courtroom, which wasn't wasn't true at all. It, it almost seemed like, but potentially, you know, they they well, the idea would be someone would put that notion out there so that media would not show up because they would think, oh, well, they they're not going to allow me uh, allow me into the uh, the courtroom anyway. So. Uh, you know, that, that I think muddied the situation a bit too. And that's, uh, you know, about this Epstein thing is there, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of, I think, misinformation, uh, and, and some purposeful disinformation as well, but uh, distinguishing, uh, between the two, uh, is, is pretty difficult, but, you know, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to, you know, figure out what's actually, uh, what's actually going on. And, uh, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these, 
uh, I don't know what percentage, but they, they don't know too much about this case. Uh, like the first day, uh, Maxwell's sister, uh, Isabel or Isabella, she walked right past me and nobody recognized her except me and one other guy. I'm like, yo, this is your job, people. You know, and then they couldn't even recognize her. But speaking of that, you mentioned Israel. Uh, I got her again this morning, uh, walking, walking right past me. And I, I was asking her about the Mossad. I asked her, uh, uh, what did your father tell or what did, uh, yeah, what did your father tell you about working for the Mossad? And I said, are you, are you in Ghislaine? Are you, are you and your sister uh, agents in the Mossad? And uh, you're living no- dangerous, bro. Yeah, no, no response, no response from from them. Uh, but her, the first day, her friend Leah Safian uh, basically just said, "No comment, no comment. You got to read the rule book." Rule, and she cited some some New York, uh, you know, Southern District rule where she doesn't have to make make a comment. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to get my lick in there a little bit. So no, uh, I like that, bro, because that's very important. And I, I mean, like some stuff is the the psyops that these people play are so advanced, you know, that you could see her sister there, but I don't think you'd see all these players there if this wasn't a real trial. And yeah, the fact that you saw in flesh and blood her sister there lets me know something's going on. Why do you think we haven't seen a mugshot? Why is everything sketch? Why can't we get an actual picture of her there in court? That's a great question. And, and to be honest, I, I can't answer it, but I, I can speculate. And my speculation would be it, it's only to create more confusion and more more distrust. It, it really is bizarre why why there wouldn't be a mugshot. I mean, Epstein got a mugshot. He said, he said several mugshots. Or, uh, or like when, uh, when CNN beat the FBI by 13 minutes to Roger Stone's house. You couldn't beat the FBI to uh, to Glenn Maxwell's house, you know? Why, why is that? When that how Roger Stone things, it's like another show entirely. But uh, yeah, it's bizarre. I wish I could have an answer for you, Sam, because I've been trying to ask people too, and and uh, that was one of the the key reasons why I I was thinking, and many other people were like, she's not even not even in federal custody. But uh, I can say that I I saw her face with my own two eyes. And and that's the thing too, is she looked very healthy. You know, you're seeing these uh, reports in the weeks preceding the trial in the mainstream saying there's, there's rats and her hair's falling out. And she, I think there is like the food, she's complaining about the food. And then her brother, Ian uh, Maxwell complained to the United Nations, which is just ridiculous given the fact that Julian Assange is still incarcerated at HMP Belmarsh in London. And you have uh, Ian Maxwell complaining about his sister being locked up uh, in, in New York under righteous uh, charges. But uh, even then, you know, it's like, why didn't she get any sex crime charges? Uh, why didn't she get any uh, sexual battery or sexual abuse charges? Uh, she's only gotten trafficking charges and conspiracy to, to traffic uh, uh, as well as uh, conspiracy to traffic minors, uh, which is bizarre as well, because you have multiple uh, victims testifying independent of one uh, another that Maxwell indeed participated in the sexual abuse uh, as well. So uh, that to me was, uh, was quite bizarre. Uh, and uh, Nick Bryan actually called this trial, uh, an abomination of justice. When I talked to him yesterday, he was the, a guy that broke the Franklin scandal, Franklin network. And, and pertains to this case, he was the man with the black book, uh, back in, uh, I want to say he got it in 2012 and he sat on it for like three years before he released it. It was actually Gawker, uh, which is like, you know, they're, they're like the, uh, 
the, you know, they're kind of like the bad kids, or at least they were before they got taken down by Peter Thiel. Uh, and they're the ones publishing this because the, the black book, because nobody else will, uh, will touch the information. It was just too explosive. Uh, but you know, you mentioned the show trial thing before, and, and I was on a, a podcast uh, earlier this evening and she basically brought up the question of if it is a, uh, if it is a show trial, uh, then why, uh, why even go through it with it, uh, at all? And I, I, my contention was the only reason this is happening is because of the court of public opinion. You know, you got a guy like Eric Weinstein, who's an intellectual giant in the modern day. And he's last summer being like, why can't we track this person down? You know, she's extremely wealthy. She wouldn't be that hard to track down. Uh, the FBI could track her down in four hours. Uh, I remember Nick said last year, and, uh, I think it was only the public demand that really uh, resulted in, in Maxwell uh, getting arrested in the first place back in July. And that was crazy too. Cause that week I actually interviewed a friend of hers, uh, Laura Goldman. And like two days later, she got arrested. I remember I flew back from Oregon to Wisconsin. I woke up and I looked at my phone. I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, she got arrested. I started streaming uh, right away. And then the next Monday, uh, her friend, Laura Goldman was on Piers Morgan. And I was so bitter because Piers Morgan got like 500,000 views and I got like 38 or something like that. And I was like, I beat you to the punch Piers, but you're, you're the one getting all the views. Dude, but- you wouldn't want to change. You want, wouldn't want to trade place with that sack of shit. Don't even <laughs> worry about that. So what, you know, I, and you may not have the answer to that. Why, do, why didn't Ghislaine Maxwell flee the country? That's a, that's another great question. Why didn't she go to, to France or, or to Israel? I would have went to Israel if I were her. Uh, and that's another thing too, is uh, where's Wexner at? You know, is he in Israel? Uh, is, you know, we don't even know if he's, he's, I mean, the they're country. shutting down, they're shutting down Victoria's secrets. I mean, which is mm-hmm. so crazy to me that they're shutting it down because, you know, we're in this anti-business business era that's funded by BlackRock and Vanguard and all this Fed money that any business ran by the elites get to stay open because they're getting monopoly money from the Fed. So why is this brand shutting down? Like, what is going on with that? And it's just to erase any connection to Epstein right. and the mega right. group and all that stuff. Do you think it's possible that she just had nowhere to run to like after Epstein was got that they were like, okay, dude, if we bring this chick here, it's going to bring nothing but heat on us and emphasize this Mossad uh, Zionist connection. Yeah, that that's, that's a great point. That's probably one of the better points I've heard. And you know, who actually predicted this correctly was Ryan Dawson. And I, I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Dawson. Dawson's he's been the in, best. I got to get oh, back on the show. He's the man. He's the man. He's been investigating this since uh, like 13, 14 years ago. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny. I got recognized uh, earlier this week by a listener of, uh, of Ryan and myself. And she's like, I saw you on Ryan's show. And so it's like me. And then this, this, uh, she's not even a journalist. She just goes cause she's interested. And, and she actually got fired for not, uh, she's a teacher got fired for not doing the the jab and we're like trying to educate people the ones that'll listen to us about all these uh, all these connections you know maria farmer's intelligence and, and the the Mossad connections the intelligence connections because as i mentioned a lot of these people uh you know there's a guy <laughs> there's a guy from the epic times he was literally doing a story about cat uh, like a cat cafe and then they sent him to the maxwell trial just like threw him in the ocean <laughs> you know so it's like uh, you know i 
thought I was, uh, I guess I was more knowledgeable than I realized than a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people here, thanks to people like Ryan Dawson and, and Sean Atwood, who's also done fantastic work uh, on this Epstein case. Yeah. Whitney Webb's done a lot of great work as well. Like she's like, she'll black pill you like a motherfucker, dude. She ain't, you know, and you're just like, oh man, is it that bad? But it really is like, yeah, Dawson broke down. He had that whole chart that got him basically wiped off of everything. The mega group, the Brofmans, all that. It's like, and you try to sit there, you know, I, I, one of my best friends is Brian Callen. I love him to death. We have a podcast together called Conspiracy Social Club. And like, he just thinks that, you know, just bad luck that the Clintons were friends with so many pedophiles. And, you know, the Brofins going down, the Brofins connections to uh, the mega group, the mega group's connection yeah. to Lex, Lex Wessner, Ghislaine Maxwell, her father, Robert Maxwell. Uh, I mean, it's 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 insane, man. And I, I think what it is, is like people are so afraid, like we really love status quo monsters. We love, like, it's real easy to believe that fucking Al-Qaeda are bad people. ISIS are bad people. It's real hard for us to believe that our taxpayers go to fund all that. The we don't want to believe yeah. that, that you know, Israel, our greatest ally ever, might have uh, very nefarious uh, intent to, uh, to uh, control this country through many different ways to elicit uh, military action through 9/11 and to control all of our our um, our politicians through blackmail and you know a big problem people say with Alex Jones and you know and I love Alex and I re- kind of regret going on a show bringing up uh, uh, Israel all the time because he is such a good guy and he's such a wonderful per- like I, I he's been nothing but a class act every time i hang out with him and i know people have their 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 uh their thoughts about him in particular when it comes to his quote unquote blind spot when it comes to israel right, uh right. you know and i understand that but he's so right about china and stuff like that and what china's doing here you know so it's like zionism or communism or zionist communism i think people are really afraid it's like very easy to get mad at at acceptable monsters, you know, and even China's becoming an acceptable monster. It's very easy to say that China is up to no good, but to take a look at like the role of our quote unquote, our greatest ally ever. It's very hard for people because all you hear about the Holocaust all the time, and this has all been done purposefully to get to like, when you look up cultural Marxism, you, the first four lines, they can't say anti-Semitism enough because they don't want you looking into it, which is, I think, a big reason why I have been getting kicked off all these things, because I am, in fact, talking about real-time cultural Marxism and what it leads to. And just Lane Maxwell and the and all of her friends, Bill Gates, you know, who is like buddy-buddy with with Epstein had a, yep. a, a quote unquote employee on his uh, property, get busted with just shit tons of kitty porn. And that, we yeah. just all accepted that's from, you know, uh, uh, from his, his lawn maintenance guy. Right. And, and not the, the fucking billionaire who wears sweaters everywhere he goes, <laughs> regardless of what, 
temperature it is, right? <laughs> Those are the signs of shadiness to me. If you're wearing a sweater every day of the year and it's fucking 100 degrees out, what are you trying to hide, you shady fuck, right? Yeah, So he's trying to go for the Mr. Rogers look. Right? But it's like we see so much of this and what this trial in- involves. And I really don't think we're going to really get an understanding of how much it's in until the defense starts to go and what the defense is 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 putting out what is their game plan because right now it sounds as bad as it sounds like the prosecution's game plan according to you is i and i totally believe you the the defense game plan of connecting her to trump and clinton seems really stupid to me and it sounds like it's sabotage but that may not even matter at all I mean, at a, right, at, a right. at a level this high. Yeah, if the fix is in, the fix is in. Uh, can you the, control the, the jury? Whose jury says well? Uh, you, can you repeat that question, Sam? Can you? Could they control who the jury is? I oh, mean, I can see what they, you're asking. Yeah. Can they control who's called in to be jury? And they can get rid of all these people. But you yeah. know, if you're, it's almost whack a mole at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is these? You know, we're dealing with the people who basically run the world they you know they make the laws they enforce the laws when they want to and when they don't want to uh you know going to to the top of the banksters uh celebrities uh, academia and like you said it was uh, a blackmail operation to steal secrets from the united states uh, not just to control the politicians uh, which is and that's another thing too is it you know if you're in, in a senator you shouldn't have dual citizenship with a country. Couldn't on the agree other side more, of the world. bro. Couldn't and, agree more. And yeah, you're right with the the anti-Semitism tactic. And I think a, maybe an easier way to look at it is trying to look at it through the lens of power and not identity. And what is beneficial for achieving power for for an influence uh, or, or influence, uh, regardless of what entity uh, is trying to wield or secure that power. Uh, so, uh, you know, a book like the 48 laws of power, I recommend people read, uh, by, by Robert Green. Uh, it kind of helps people see the, uh, the amorality or the, uh, colorlessness of, of power, right. Uh, and, uh, how humans, uh, behave when it, when it comes to power, regardless of who they are or where they, where they come from. I completely agree, man. I completely agree. And, you know, for me, man, this, this, I do think. They are painting this as a bunch of teenage chicks. We're just hanging out with powerful dudes. And come on, man, we all know teenage chicks want it. I think that's kind of like what we're painting this as. Like these girls were just there for the for the fun and not not that they were being trafficked. Uh, And I think and like I think people are really afraid to look at that pedophilia is the entrance, the initiation in the power. And these people, because it used to be like, it used to be way back in the day, if you cheat on your wife, they would use that against you. Then people like, ah, who cares? And then it got right, to like, right. if you were gay, then it would be like, ah, who cares? And now it's like, oh man, this guy diddles kids or does even hor- more horrible shit to children. That yeah. seems to be what it is, you know? And here's an interesting thing. Uh, China just did it like uh, um, a consensus, a census, excuse me, of their entire country. And they cannot account for 12 million children. 
They don't know wow. where they went. Wow. They can't account for them. And yeah. uh, that's- yeah, I was actually discussing that, you know, just like the organ harvesting uh, topic earlier this evening uh, off camera with a friend. And uh, yeah, it's a problem in Mexico too, you know, with, uh, with the cartels, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll do that too. It, it's, it's pretty gross, but they'll basically apply people with drugs to make them relaxed uh, because it, uh, I mean, they, they also cannibalize too. It's just, it's just really bizarre. Um, but uh, not, not to switch from China to Mexico, but just the organ trafficking uh, sequitur there. Well, I mean, like you want to get into it. Like I, I believe the central intelligence agencies, uh, all your intelligence agencies are just extensions of uh, the Jesuits. The Jesuits were the original central intelligence and uh, they just, branded themselves different every different uh country israel to me isn't about is is the center of all the holy lands but it's also mesopotamia but really the big thing is it is a land bridge from africa and asia to europe so those who control that control a lot of commerce and if you take a look at israel you know yes it's very jewish but uh the roman catholic church the vatican owns a giant chunk of israel like a big chunk and if you look at where all the Nazis ran to, a uh, big part of Israel, uh, uh, the Nazis all ran to um, the the, uh, the the Vatican after the fall. I don't believe the Nazis lost the World War II. I think Germany did. I thought the Nazis actually took over. That's my opinion. And uh, if you take a look at, uh, you know, who started the CIA, it was Alan Dulles. But uh, all these Nazis came over, created a central intelligence agency. So we know that has Nazi ties to it, and the Nazis have big ties to uh, the Vatican. And if you take a look at all your organized crime uh, organizations in North America, South America, and Europe, they're all Catholic-based, right? The Italian mob, the the Latino mobs, the Irish mob, the British mobs, these are all Catholic-based. So they're playing both sides. Of the yeah. uh, uh, of they're both law enforcement and organized crime, and they're keeping all the money, and that's and that is what's being exposed right now is the the power structure, mm, and exactly I think, the power I think, structure. I think Jews are uh, middle management. I think they're used as a boogeyman, kind of along the way that trans are being used as the boogeyman to cover up for pedophilia. In my humble opinion. Uh, trans sure, agenda, sure. you're like trans, there's like 12 of them. The real thing <laughs> is the pedophiles at the high concentration at the highest levels of all power in the world. Okay. And the same thing with uh uh the same thing with Jews, man. They're like Jews, Jews, you, you there's not a lot of Jews in the world, man. It's like just but they're positioned in places so everyone thinks Jews. But if you study these people, really, they use Judaism, Christianity, Catholicism. And, and uh, Muslim, Islam to as a mass to walk amongst us, because when you really study them, even Epstein, you study them, it's all fucking dark arts, occult imagery, Moloch yeah. and, uh, and and all these guys like that's yeah. that's the real power right there. Yeah, he had a statue of, of Moloch uh, did uh, did Epstein in one of his houses. I don't yeah, know if he had sure. more of one. Uh, sure. But you brought up a made me think of a couple points there with uh, regards to I- Israel. I don't know if you've heard of the bunting cloverleaf map, uh, but it's got basically Jerusalem in the middle and then three leaves, uh, Asia, Europe, and then Africa. Uh, so it, it kind of 
the idea of Jerusalem as the center of the world. And you mentioned the intelligence agencies as well. Uh, and, you know, this begs the question of, uh, remember when Acosta said, well, he's above my pay grade, he belongs to intelligence. Well, what intelligence would that be? And that's a debate people have too. Is it is it the CIA or is it uh, the Mossad? Uh, but we know going back before World War II was even over, we were already collaborating with Nazi intelligence, Reinhard Gellin, uh, the Gellin uh, organization, and Klaus Barbie, torture specialist, butcher of Lyon, Lyon, France. You know, we paid and protected these these monsters. And uh, that was a huge uh, kind of eye-opener for me, a huge shift in my consciousness. I remember the day I learned that about Klaus Barbie. I was just so so depressed, uh, you know, to learn that our, our government had did that. But my point is, like, the overlapping of the intelligence agencies pretty much was there from the start. You know, you had the OSS, uh, which became the, the CIA uh, after the war. So uh, similar to what you mentioned about uh, cloaking or masking or kind of wearing capes, uh, whether it's religion or, or nationalism. Another way to look at it is the, the banks using nationalism in countries as basically pawns on the chessboard, right? Uh, where they don't they don't care about country or religion or anything like that, right? It's, uh, it's again, it's about power. It's going to be an interesting trial, man. It's going to be an interesting trial. And I'm super thankful that you're there and you're in your coverage. And again, uh, his Twitter will be linked here into the bio uh, in, the, in the description of the episode. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, Addy Ads. And uh, again, one more time, tell them where they can find you. Of course, of course. Thank you uh, so much, uh, Sam Tripoli. I really appreciate it, man. Like I said, I've been you know where you work, watching you for a while now, and uh, you know, really an honor to have you uh, have you invite me on your show. Uh, even before I had you on mine, and hopefully we can do do that one day, maybe after the trial of or course, something. Of course, brother. Let's uh, that'd be super happen. fun. Uh, but yeah, Twitter is one Addy Ads, O-N-E-A-D-D-Y-A-D-D-S. Uh, my website's addyads.one, addyads.one. If people want to check out all my other links, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, in case people want to help uh, sponsor me uh, with lodging and food here while I'm in New York. Because I'm actually, uh, as I mentioned, not from New York. I'm, I'm based in the Carolinas right now. So... Um, yeah, again, appreciate it, man. Really, really. All do. right, brother. Thank you for joining me on such short notice. This has been an emergency podcast. I hope to see you guys in San Diego this weekend and then Tampa on the 10th. Come get weird with me. Hang out. It, the, the 10th is my final show of 2021. It's been a great year. I love you all again, Addy. Thanks for coming on. Thank you to the swarm. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will have, I hope you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We go deep homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.